0: You're listening to Shrink the Virus, a podcast exploring the psychology of everyday life during the pandemic and touching on all the important topics you need to know, well, according to two psychiatrists. And of course, like all things wonderful in this world, this is a Triple R production. Don't forget to subscribe. Hi, and welcome to Shrink the Virus with me, Rob Seltzer, and Steve Allen. Now, Steve, what have you been up to the last 24 hours since we uh, touched base?
1: Well, it's Sunday morning now in April the something
0: or other. Do you remember the date? April the 19th. 19th. 19th.
1: Yeah, and I had, a, you know, I had a lovely night last night, just chilled out, watched a movie. Watched that new movie from Korea called Parasite, which won four Academy Awards. Well worth a watch. Really an unusual, but I really enjoyed it. And had a good night's sleep, which you know every week this happens. I'm stressed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I chill out Friday, Saturday, Sunday to do the cycle again. So uh, I had a good one. What about you?
0: I love Parasite. I thought it was the most complex Beautifully shot movie. Yeah, we watched it as a family a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was fantastic. What have we been doing? We've been baking on Friday night. We made the traditional Jewish bread. Challah. And then... Yeah, just as
1: a quick aside. Yeah. Remember, we learned... You know, my first experience of was when we were at school together, in Melbourne High, in... Year 12 speech night, we had to sing Hava Nagila. And the teacher <laughs> went to great extremes. It's Hava, Ramna Hava, Ramna Hava.
0: <laughs> I loved it. And I've all been the, doing that ever since. The, all these yeah. ladies still remember. Um, so we had a hala, Yeah. And then uh, last night, my daughter baked the most amazing hot cross buns. So we've been very mean, ecumenical. What?
1: So, you mean hot cross buns?
0: Is, is, is <laughs> yeah, that right? That's the <laughs> Because, <slap>. you <laughs> know,
1: I, I was born Catholic, although I'm not a practiser anymore. But uh, yeah, we called them hot cross
0: buns <laughs> our, our old childhood. In fact, I, <laughs> I've had more hot cross buns in the last 24 hours than I've had in the last 24 years. So, I'm uh, feeling very full of hot cross buns. Now, Steve, what we're doing today is um, we are pretending that I'm dumb, not a huge pretense, and you are the expert. You I'll actually like... are. I like making fun of about you being dumb though, so I'll, I'll, I'll go easy. You're the expert, and you're going to give me a shoot on the basics, the essentials of COVID. And we're doing this because just to have it down, just so you, you know people can refer back to it, it's kind of the go to um, fact sheet of COVID.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it sort of struck us that it'd be good to get like In 20 odd minutes, out the way, everything you need to know, the basics, the essentials, just so, you know, as a record, because we can't resist giving tutes, even though this is meant to be a podcast, but we'll try and keep it (laughs) podcast.
0: Oh, is that why we're doing this? uh, Okay, first things first, ultra basic question, although it's actually quite philosophically complicated when you think about it. What is a virus?
1: So, yeah, I'm hopeless at microbiology. But in essence, a virus is a submicroscopic infectious agent that replic- replicates inside the living cells of another organism. Viruses can even infect bacteria. Um, they're super tiny. You only see them under an electron microscope. There's millions in the environment. About 5,000 are well described. Um, and some of them cause illness.
0: Um, isn't that amazing that can, a virus can infect the bacteria. So it's much, yeah. much smaller than a bacteria. And this is where the philosophical point comes in. Is a virus alive? Because it requires another living organism to sustain it.
1: So yes. Yeah, interesting. So when they're outside another li- living organism, they've got a capsule and they've got genetic material inside, but they need something else. So some people say they exist on the edge of life. Other people say they are living. It depends on your definition of life.
0: The edge of life. Hmm, Interesting. Mm. Okay. Second question. What is a
1: coronavirus? So of all the different types of viruses, they're all divided up into different species and families, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a particular particular sort of virus. Um, The coronavirus There's about seven or eight of them. I forget the exact number. The last ones you would have heard of are SARS, which... um, caused, uh, I think it was 2003, caused this serious uh, acute respiratory syndrome. MERS, which stood for Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, this current um, coronavirus that's causing COVID-19. And it comes from the name, it comes from the Latin corona, meaning crown or wreath, because when you look at it under an electron microscope, it looks like it's got a little crown on it.
0: It does, doesn't it? Like that's like we've all seen the pictures of this thing It looks like it's got little crown jewels sort of coming off it, and that what what's give, what gives it its name. Now there's an interesting story that was going around about Corona beer. Tell us about that.
1: Oh yeah. So when people started making all these claims that Corona beer is Corona beer had dropped off its sales because people were concerned that coronavirus had come from the beer. Of course, it's purely (laughs) coincidental. In fact, I looked it up early on the Corona beer sales actually went up, which I assume was people cracking jokes saying, look at me, I'm drinking a Corona. Um, But but then what did happen was they stopped production in Mexico where it comes from, um, on account of the fact that it was classed as a non-essential industry and it was cut down as part of their lockdown, had nothing to do with the Corona beer. All beer production in Mexico was ceased. So, uh, yeah, so The sales didn't really go down, but it's a confusing one.
0: Now, I was listening to a virologist talk about where the virus may have come from. And um, we strongly believe it comes from bats, but there may have been an intermediary um, animal that uh, was between the bat and us getting it. But we do think the kind of common pathway was a wet market. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Well, this, you know, it's still up for investigation, yeah. but the current belief is it came from that wet market in Wuhan that everyone knows about. What's, um, a,
0: what's a wet market compared to a dry market?
1: Well, funnily enough, a wet market is just a market where there's perishable goods like fish meat vegetables a dry market is one where there's non-perishable goods like materials watches etc etc however oh. some wet markets stock animals that are either exotic alive oh or wild animals. And right. that's the problem because uh, the exotic and wild animals might carry various agents that can yeah. um, that normally humans wouldn't come into contact with. But you put all these animals in a market with a whole lot of people who are handing out money and shaking hands and doing all of that yep, sort of stuff. Yep, yep. And it's more likely that they can jump across. But strictly speaking, where we live, Melbourne has four wet market, you know, has a series of wet markets too. Mm-hmm. But So it's not the fact that it's a wet market, it's the fact that it's exotic with live animals.
0: See, I've seriously had this image in my mind of... Walking through like puddles, <laughs> rain dripping down, you know that kind
1: of thing. Like it's cold and wet. But anyway. have you have you been to some of these markets in um you know Asian countries and stuff? They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're a lot different to our local markets. Very. You know, very crowded. All sorts of states of animals in various states of living and deceased. You know, fish <laughs> yeah. in tanks. Yeah, um, yeah. and you know, people pointing and touching and picking up the fish. And yeah. you know,
0: it. It can be very confronting for us so Western, the, That yeah. So the other
1: big issue there is the sanitation. You yeah. know, some markets don't have the same sanitary standards as others. And, and so, so that's the other key issue that needs to be addressed.
0: Okay. what well, uh, There are all these different terms. There's COVID, there's COVID-19, there's coronavirus. What's the difference? But, I mean, uh, are they all the same thing?
1: No, they're slightly different. So coronavirus is the family, of which there's about seven or eight. Um, SARS, COVID-19. COVID 19 is the name of this particular virus. Yep. It stands for SARS, is, um, is Serious Acute Respiratory Syndrome. COV is short for coronavirus, and 19 is the year it came out. Um, and uh, okay. the actual disease is called COVID-19. CO stands for coronavirus. VI stands for uh, the virus bit. And um, D stands, stands for disease, and 19 stands for, the uh, again, the year. So COVID-19 is the disease caused by the virus SARS-CoV-19.
0: Gotcha. Corona causes COVID, in other yep. words. Okay. Yep. Now, we've heard this probably a thousand times, but we need to hear it a thousand times more because sometimes we do forget, especially if we are teenagers, um, what, how do we prevent infection from COVID?
1: It's really not rocket science. It's the the simple things you can do personally, obviously wash your hands, um, try not to touch your eyes or mouth so that if you have got it on your hands, you don't pass it to the wet parts of your body that transmit it into your body easily and uh, cover your nose and mouth when you sneeze or use a tissue and dispose of it. And of course, the other thing we're all noticing, social distancing. The more you stay away from people, the less likely you are to catch any of these airborne viruses, the flu, COVID, any of them.
0: Right. Um, You know, I'm going to, have this for the record i reckon this is the end of the handshake handshakes are dead as a social transaction we will not be doing them anymore um they've been around i I think for maybe a couple of thousand years not sure when they first started i reckon we're going to be moving something like an elbow bump or um we won't be rubbing noses um or like a namaste bringing your hands to your chest and a a slight bow. something where there's a bit of social distance and we don't actually have to touch mark my words
1: Mm, that'd be I hope you're right because I I hate the handshake. I hate the kiss even more. I hate them. I don't like human touching. I never have. Um, you know mainly because I don't like catching the flu. Um, but uh, so I oh, don't oh, like right. them. That's right.
0: Yes, I've noticed that
1: yeah. But I also wonder though whether passing infections from one to other, another, has some sort of key role in society from an evolutionary perspective because every society does it, and it's always struck me as stupid given we pass on diseases. Yet you know if it was a bad thing, obviously it would have died out thousand years ago so the fact that it's still going means there must be some evolutionary advantage to passing oh. infections from one to another anyway that's neither here nor there so i, d- I doubt it'll die out but i hope No, that's
0: not. interesting i'm mean, gonna uh, this might be a discussion for a later show but just because something persists does not mean it's necessarily an evolutionary advantage just because it's still around but we'll get to that on another show. This isn't a philosophical show right now. Okay. Um, now, you, you' we talked about this before. You think that a large proportion of society will actually come down with COVID?
1: Yeah, uh, my guess is twenty-five to sixty percent of us are all going to get it in the
0: next two years. Yeah. Um, we'll, well, we'll see. Um, I, look, I don't know. You, you could be right. Don't know. So how are we going to prepare ourselves? Like, if just in case we do get COVID, how can we prepare for that eventuality?
1: Couple of basic things first up. Obviously, prepare yourself and prepare your house. Oh. To prepare yourself, it's just getting yourself as fit as possible. Knowing that you've got, you know, somewhere like you know, say, thirty percent chance of getting um, this respiratory infection soon, and the and as compared to other infections, it's got a slightly higher death rate of about say one percent instead of the usual 005 percent or five point five percent. So get yourself ready, get fit, eat, sleep, exercise, um, get good nutrition into you. Stop smoking if you can. Cut back on your alcohol probably prepare mentally. It's probably going to be stressful. So make sure you know how to relax, make sure you know how to use a relaxation app, or you know how to meditate, or you know what your go-to places are, a good book or a good TV show. And maybe one medical thing I'll throw in is, I think you should get the flu shot because you don't want to get both at once. I have, have you got it already?
0: No, no. In fact, I'm heading in on Monday to get my flu shot. I usually get it as soon as it comes out. Um, Yeah. Very, very important.
1: Yep. And then I think the other thing you can do is just prepare your house. You know, if you're going to get sick, that you're going to have to isolate yourself and you're probably going to be staying home for two or three weeks and you're probably not going to be able to shop and stuff. So get enough food and drink for about a couple of weeks buy the basic Mm -hmm. medical supplies now if you're sick for about two to three weeks and you might need anything up to you know the maximum number eight paracetamol tablets a day you'll probably need about a hundred tablets per person roughly and you also need to have a thermometer in the house because you're going to want to take your temperature to you know because that's the first question a doctor's going to ask you if you do telehealth Mm -hmm. and you'll need some face masks so that you can stop spreading it you know to anyone else in the house so if you can get some face masks Make sure you've got enough cleaning supplies, because again, if you've got it in the house and there's other people, you're going to be cleaning the house very many times. (laughs) You're going to be basically walking around cleaning your own area every day, and the others will be cleaning theirs. And if you can, buy some alcohol-based hand sanitizer. You know, it's got to have at least 60% alcohol, but uh, that's hard to come by at the moment.
0: Isn't it just? Okay, what do you do if you do get sick?
1: Well, if you do get sick, this is probably the most important thing to start remembering. And the reason I'm quite anxious about this myself is I've spoken to a number of people now who've got coronavirus and invariably they all think they're going to die in the first week and I shouldn't laugh, but realistically speaking, you know, you've got a you know a very low chance of needing to go to hospital and getting very sick. Mm-hmm. So you are most likely going to manage this in your own house, you know, at least 80 to 90% of people. So first thing, isolate yourself. And decide if you're in a shared house, how you're going to do that. And then the basic things cover your face when you cough, clean your hands every five minutes, call a doctor and get some advice. And you'll need to yeah. do that on telehealth first or over the phone. And then they'll tell you what to do, and they'll tell you if they need to see you, and they'll, they'll tell you how to get tested. Yep. Should I run through common symptoms? Yeah, go through the common
0: symptoms because, I mean, we've been hearing what they are, but it doesn't hurt to go through them again.
1: It's worth noting that the illness has still only been around for about three or four months. So we're still learning all this and the numbers are changing. But about 90% of people get a fever. That's the commonest symptom. And then the other common symptoms are cough, sore throat, runny nose. There's this curious one that's... A Loss of sense of smell. Have you
0: heard, read much about yeah, that? Yeah, anosmia is the medical term for that. And yeah, it's it's a source of fascination. In fact, for our radio show, you know, Steve and I do a radio show called Radiotherapy on Triple R. We're hoping to get on a neurologist or an ENT surgeon to talk about this curious thing about why would you lose your sense of smell? Does the virus in, you know, sort of impact or invade your, your smell organs or something? Very curious.
1: Yeah, and it turns out it's a relatively common symptom with any head cold. About a third of people get it um, with just a normal rhinovirus head cold. Mm. But with coronavirus, it appears that it's way more common and it's been one of the distinguishing features yeah. that people keep asking about now to help you know to distinguish it, even though it's relatively common. And in other things too yeah. the less common symptoms shortness of breath tiredness aches and pains headache some people are getting diarrhea a oh, bit really? like the Didn't flu yep all oh, right
0: okay and what about at home what uh, how do you get supportive care how do you support yourself at home if you get sick
1: so the main thing to you know with any infection like this we always think of two things is there a vaccine no not yet might be two yeah. years and are there any treatments for when you are sick Currently, there's nothing that will slow up the virus. There's nothing that will make it go away quicker. There's nothing. So it all comes down to supportive care. So it's just like the flu or a cold. If you've got a high fever or you've got aches and pains, panadol, uh, paracetamol, and uh, keep yourself um, well hydrated, get plenty of rest. That's pretty much it, um, apart from you know, the other important thing of isolating yourself. How long is it going to last
0: for if you do get sick,
1: Well, the, Generally. Uh, the majority of people are getting over it in, look, first in, in a couple of weeks, but it's lasting up to six to six to eight, six weeks if it's more severe. But right. also it's appearing a lot of people are sort of getting it and they're sick for a few days then they're not so bad for a few days. Then they're a little bit sick again. Then they're not so right. bad. Yeah. So it's sort of varying. But, um, you know, in a nutshell, the incubation period. So from the time you're infected to the time you get it is yeah zero to two weeks with an average of five days. And then once you get sick, it's around about two to five weeks. But for most people, it's relatively mild and it's around about two, three weeks.
0: And obviously, in some people, it can be severe, in fact, life-threatening. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so about 10 to 20% of people are needing to go to hospital. And it depends very much on the, the figures have differed from country to country. In Australia, it's been more like 10%. And it tends to be if you've got any of the things that would normally make us worry, like difficulty breathing, you know, you're short of breaths, shortness of breaths quite bad, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, yeah. anything like that, any confusion suggesting that you're getting a delirium,
0: yeah.
1: and anything that suggests you're hypoxic, you know, low oxygen, like yeah. blue lips or face. They're the things where we say, get to the emergency department or get to a doctor. We want to have a look at you and we'll admit you to hospital if we're worried.
0: Yeah. I've heard the term biphasic illness used. What does that mean? This
1: is a real curiosity Um, and it's hit the um, literature the medical literature in the last month. And a lot of people are saying biphasic, meaning two phases, the first phase where you get the cough, the cold, the runny nose and everything, you feel a bit shitty, you improve for a little while and then you get sick again. And it's not quite clear what that second sickness again is. Some people are saying it might be some sort of immune response. So the problem in the second phase is not so much the virus, but the immune response. And that's when people are tending to go to ICU and get a bit sicker. Now, I don't want those people waiting around for day 10 to 12 for the second phase because the majority of people aren't getting it. Majority of people are going, you know, getting a little bit sick, a little bit better, a little bit sick, a little bit better, a little bit sick, just like the flu and stuff. Um, But some are getting this, but it's very early days. You know, there were some early reports in Wuhan and they've followed through, but uh, I don't think we've had it around long enough yet to know for
0: sure. Okay. And... When should you consider going to hospital, given that look there is a chance it could get quite severe?
1: Look, it really is that if you think your symptoms are really bad with your shortness of breath and your pain or you've got any chest pain or confusion, they're the key things, but I would recommend ringing up um first your doctor online because you're going to have you know you're going to have a half a day you know at least hours to think this through. Yeah. So ring up your doctor online, discuss the symptoms because a lot of people, are, I've seen this already amongst people I've seen with it. A lot of people are super anxious in the early days. And so, you know, distinguishing shortness of breath from panics can mm, yeah, sometimes yeah. hard. So I recommend, if, you, if in doubt, chat to a doctor or ring up an emergency department or ring up a hotline. And if necessary, call an ambulance or get someone to take you in with appropriate um, isolation, social distancing, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Okay, let's assume that I've had a dose of COVID. Does that mean I'm now immune, as you would expect with any other viral infection?
1: You know, we wish we knew the answer to this one. The short answer is probably yes. So other coronaviruses that they've measured, like the SARS in 2003 no. and MERS, they had people had antibodies in there um, following infection. At SARS, they were found up to about three years, MERS up to about a year. Um, but we don't know for sure because this one hasn't been around long enough. It's only been around for a few months. Um, and... Of course, like a lot of these viruses, even when you do get immunity, it, do, we, it doesn't last forever. So like the flu, immunity normally lasts, I don't know, I forget what it is, six to 18 months, for, yeah. I forget. Um, so, uh, so the answer is probably yes, but we don't know for how long. And until the virus has been around for a good year and we've done proper studies, we won't know the answer to that question yeah. for sure. But it yeah. appears yes, we hope.
0: Yeah. Um, but let's just say you, you live with other people who are unwell or isolated. What should you be doing?
1: This is a tricky one because it's obviously a highly infectious illness. So the first thing you should do if you get the illness is you should try to isolate yourself completely. So if you have the option to live alone, you should. Uh, although if you're very sick you might need someone to care for you now assuming that some people are going to need carers or they can't live alone then there's some basic stuff you can do firstly pick a room that you're going to stay in i assume your bedroom your partner will sleep in another room on the couch or whatever or with the kids um you'll try and isolate as much as possible you'll clean your room daily you'll have your own cleaning equipment in there and every day you'll clean it and you'll try and use a separate bathroom if you can The other members of the house should clean their areas daily too. And when they pass food and bring back the plates, they should take them into the sink, wash them and then wash their hands for at least 20 seconds, et cetera, et cetera. All that sort of stuff. You try not to share any household items. Um, You do everything you can to isolate in a realistic manner, acknowledging that there's a possibility you're going to pass it on. It's not your fault. It's nature.
0: Hmm. A lot of
1: us are going to get sick. Oh, and obviously, keep anyone who's vulnerable away. Anyone who's elderly or got chronic yeah. lung disease, get them out of the house.
0: It all sounds a little bit anxiety-provoking. <laughs> i like, even just hearing you talk about it. My anxiety level is going up. My heart rate's going up. I'm breathing a bit faster. I mean, how are we going to cope with the anxiety that the entire situation, social, economic, physical, is, is going to cause?
1: I think this is actually a good question to end it on, Rob, um, because this is super important. We talked about preparing yourself, you know, and that sort of stuff, but the basic things to manage your anxiety that is going to be completely natural is first get good sources of information. The main source of anxiety that I'm seeing on a day to day basis around the hospital is misinformation. Yeah. So get good sources of information, government websites, good news services, and only do it once or twice a day. You know, nothing changes really in under a week. So don't get caught up in the 24-hour news cycle hearing all the rumors and the bullshit and panicking because that's the worst thing. Um, Then remember that anxiety is temporary. It's an emotion. It's not your personality. It's going to pass. Once you've experienced anxiety for a while, even the panicky periods, it's crappy while you're going through it, but keep reminding yourself it's going to pass do some basic things. My favorite personally is the breath bubble on Google. You'll see me using it a lot. Like I get anxious when I have to do public speaking. So you'll always see me looking at my phone before public speaking. And I think people think I'm checking my messages.
0: <laughs> That's what I'd always I'm, thought.
1: I'm not, I've got the breath bubble on and it's just like this balloon that blows up slowly. Mm. And it says inhale. <gasps> and then it says exhale. Ah, <sighs> And it's very, it's just very relaxing. I find it relaxing. Other people like all the apps like the treat app or the smiling mind app to learn how to meditate. I, I did the uh, downloaded the treat app recently. It's free for one. And for two, you can plug into it, what you're doing, you're trying to sleep, you're trying to relax, you're trying to take your mind off something. And then you tell it how much time you've got anything from 30 seconds to 20 minutes, and then it does a guided relaxation or meditation for you, depending on what you're doing for that duration of time. So even if you're in a hurry, say you got, you know, you know you've got a, you know, you've got something in 30, in, you know, five minutes, you can chuck in one minute and do it. So it's um,
0: it's speed meditation.
1: Yeah. And then probably the other thing to do is just remember that big and important sources of support in our community if you really feel it's getting out of line. Um, And that's stuff like Lifeline 131114 or their website Beyond Blue. And Beyond Blue, if you just chuck chuck that into Google, they've now got a government-funded coronavirus helpline service going Mm. with all sorts of information. Um, Kids Helpline is the best for kids. Again, just plug it into Google or if you want it, it's 1800 55 1800. And places like SANE Australia. And remember, GP they're, they're actually paradoxically quiet at the moment because mm. they're all doing telehealth so you can get mm. a gp you know pretty much within a few hours currently mm. on either the telephone or on your computer with the video telehealth um so remember all those usual supports and it's the same with psychologists and psychiatrists at the moment the various shrinks of the world they're relatively quiet it's <laughs> relatively easy to get in because all the face-to-face traffic stopped so remember those services
0: how about that we got through all of that in 23 minutes we didn't think we would That's a lot of information. That is a lot of information. I reckon people are going to have to put on, um, you know, whatever podcast player they've got onto half speed (laughs) because we've both been talking so fast because there is a lot of information. But it's all good, sensible stuff, and it's, it's, it's basically a good resource.
1: Yeah. And so um, yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. We did put it down more as a reference. So uh, yeah. if you've got this far, congratulations. And if you have to listen to it again, don't be surprised. That took us, you know, that there's a lot of, that's a lot of research gone into those basic bits of advice, you know, pinching it from all the government fact sheets and getting it um, checked by infectious disease people. So I hope you found it useful. Um, we'll run through the usuals. Let me just tell you, we've got a Facebook page called Shrink the Virus. We have yeah. an email called at and
0: we Strangely would, enough, it's the same yeah, name.
1: <laughs> yeah. We would love your feedback um, and we would love any questions you've got we'd like to answer or any comments on what we should do differently, like speak slower, Steve. Um, <laughs> I've got a website, steveallen.com. Which is the I don't.
0: Info. <laughs> uh, don't gonna...
1: forget to subscribe to the podcast and please rate it if you liked it. And don't forget also to subscribe into three tri- to um, listen to 3 R all the time, but especially on Sunday morning at 10am for our show, Radio Therapy
0: which is usually on at uh, 10 to 11 on Sunday mornings. Um, and we've got to say thanks to the wonderful people at Triple R who uh, have been so wonderfully helpful in encouraging us to do this. They are Elizabeth, Beck, Grace, Mia, and Podcaster Michael. Thank you so much, guys.
1: And uh, that's all for this week. Thanks or for this podcast, I should say. Thanks very much for listening. See you all.
0: You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform.